You are listening to The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 203. We're delivering a big coaching, executive coaching diploma, our program, to a big government organization in Abu Dhabi. The first time ever where they train so 30 Emiratis to become executive coaches internally. So, so and that is such a, like our stakeholder calls it, it's a movement that we're launching in the Emirates of Abu Dhabi, because imagine the magnitude of training 30 internal coaches who then go and they will work for different entities. And then they will just go and coach people in that internal entity, like 30 of them. Yes. Like how awesome is this? Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Welcome to the Star Coach Show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, executive and mentor coach and coach educator, and I'm delighted that you're here with us today. We have a fabulous guest, an internationally known coach who is going to help us get a better picture of how coaching continues to extend across the globe to create impact and to build culture within the different cultures across the world. Before we get there, I want to remind you that the Star Coach Show has shows that are really in three different pillars of categories. We have shows around skill development and the way that we think about coaching, the way that we engage in the coaching partnership, our attitude, our mindset, many different quality shows that land in that pillar. We also have the concept and the category of business building, because regardless of how good we are at coaching, if we're not putting ourselves out there, if we're not building our brand and increasing credibility and understanding marketing and understanding how we create a business from the foundational pieces all the way through how we sell, then we're probably not going to be able to sustain ourselves as a coach. So the business building shows are very important in how we help you maintain as a coach and and support yourself as a coach. And then finally, we have the pillar of how leaders can use coaching and how coaching shows up in organizations We talk about that we're going to touch on culture, coaching culture. That's very much a part of organizations as as we build up organizations. And today's show is definitely in that category of how are we showing up as coaches in organizations to help create shifts of awareness. Now, we have a little bonus because My guest today also gives us a little touch into branding and creating visibility for yourself. My guest is Leila Rezaguia. She is a highly sought after executive coach and head of the Academy of Executive Coaching. 
She's so deeply passionate about empowering leaders and regularly works with teams worldwide to help them develop the confidence to achieve success in their careers. Now, she has been specializing for over 18 years in mental toughness training, peak performance coaching, tackling that nasty imposter syndrome, and helping her clients develop a healthy mindset. She started her career as a human development professional, and in her executive career and relationship systems coaching, she works within organizations in Dubai. And we're going to talk about how the Middle East is beginning to embrace coaching, that she is based in Dubai and working with government organizations to bring more coaching into the Middle East, which is so exciting. Layla has international experience through many different industries. She's trilingual. And with us today, she's going to talk about her program, the Academy of Executive Coaching, in that they are working with internal coaches to help strengthen coaching cultures. But what we're really going to dive into is what motivates companies to bring coaches in? What's How do companies tend to use internal coaches differently than external coaches? How to build brand? And so, so, so much more. Layla was an absolute delight to visit with. I'm so excited to introduce you to her. So let's go to my interview with Leila Rezaguia. Leila, welcome to the Star Coach Show. Thank you, Meg. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, thank you for being willing to bring your expertise forward. You're very, well, you're very active in the world of coaching and you're doing a lot of really neat things. Tell me a little bit about your road into coaching and what you're doing now. Right. Well, that's been a long road and continues to be. (laughs) So it started a long time ago when I was in corporate life. Um, as you know, in L&D and talent management, where coaching was part of my role. And then I ventured into going into getting accredited and certified. And that's when my coach training myself started in 2011 in Dubai, because I moved from London to Dubai. Uh-huh. And that's where I embarked on, okay, you know what, let me now get certified and let me get accredited and start my coaching training journey, which has led me to where I am now. So which then led me into wanting to train other people to become executive coaches to help support other people in life. That's that in a nutshell. So, that's in a nutshell. So <laughs> you do uh, coach training in Dubai. You are you. currently in Turkey because we all know that all of us are on a, <laughs> where we're going to teach online. So you thought, let me teach by the beach then. Absolutely. <laughs> At least I can have some time off while I'm not training or coaching. <laughs> exactly. There's, there's, uh, 
Self-care, don't we? Don't we need self-care? Absolutely. And you know, there are silver linings to all things. And one of the silver linings that I have seen as people have adjusted to the online space is that it gives them some flexibility in where they choose to work right now. Absolutely. And that's exactly what I've decided because all my coaching, my mentor coaching, my coach training, everything is virtual now. So I thought I might as well just come to my you know, to Turkey and then continue doing that while I can also enjoy some time off. Good for you. Now, you have been in the, in Dubai doing training, but you, you told me that the, there's some, like, that coaching is taking off, that coaching is the awareness of coaching is really kind of taking root. Tell me a little bit about the businesses and the different entities that you are doing training for, not the specifics, but I mean, how are you noting that it's taking off and that people are becoming interested in coaching? Hmm. Definitely in my part of the world where I reside, which is Dubai, and I'm talking from that perspective. Yes. Definitely when I started my coach training in 2011, we didn't even have an ICF chapter then. That tells you how the coaching industry, how novice it's been. So we're talking about the last nine, 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember after we finished our coach training, we had one of our colleagues who actually made us all sign the number of people so that we can have a Dubai chapter. So you began the, you and your your colleagues began the Dubai chapter. Absolutely. We were just, yes, let's have, I can't even now remember how many people we needed, but we were just reaching out. Let's sign so that we open a Dubai chapter. And that happened. And at that time I was still in corporate. I was head of talent for, for a national bank. And to me, it was a big, big change that, oh, we do have an ICF chapter in our region, which then started you know, the awareness of people knowing, hey, what is coaching? Because mm-hmm. now we have this ICF Dubai chapter. So we started then educating organizations in terms of the importance, because then I ventured into setting up my own business in 2013, which then I started working with organizations in terms of bringing coaching and bringing coaching cultures, which then was like, okay, what is coaching? People right. were not really, because people are used to consulting, People right. are used to training. People are used to mentoring. And every conversation I had when people say that, yeah, yeah, we do coaching, they meant training and mentoring. Right. Or ma- those we- managerial conversations. Exactly. That, you know, for I'm, yeah. Like I'm telling you what to do or right. it's remedial, like you said, correction, um, which then took time. And some of the people were willing to, um, to listen and other people, it was just too new or it's like, what is this? So, of course, some people do resist to change and many others were open, which then started the trend of, okay, there is, there is a market for us to actually educate our clients. And, and that's what I've been personally with my team as well, um, engaging in those conversations and starting coaching programs, not just on a one-to-one, like one session here, one session there, right. but corporate, like executive coaching in organizations. Because people were used, oh, so you're a life coach. And I go, no, actually, I'm not a life coach. I'm an executive coach. Okay, so what is the difference? People didn't really know. Right. So it's about education, educating the organizations as to what is the benefit of having a coach. 
So let's maybe start there and then move into raising awareness within organizations and what coaching cultures can do. We're going to talk a little bit about how to begin a coaching culture. So we've got lots of good things in store. For those people who are listening and saying, well, Layla, how did you describe that difference? How did you help people Mm -hmm. understand what executive coaching was? What kinds of things would you say? That's a great starting point because there has been initially, and there always has been because I'm still educating clients, is really explaining to them what is coaching, Mm -hmm. what is the power of coaching for individuals, for teams, and for the organization. Mm -hmm. Like you go back to what's in it for me? Why should I consider this coaching? Um, And it's really the minute you link it with the organization and team's performance, then the clients start listening. Oh, okay. So it's not just a nice to have, but it's actually a must have. But unless they really understand, and actually I would take a step even before that, it's I always seek to understand my client's challenges before I explain what coaching is. Because coaching is, is we're providing a service for the organization, right? right? And and I always start with asking my clients, what are your current challenges that you're facing? You know, and also from a systemic, because I'm also a systemic team coach. So it's also bringing that awareness from a systemic perspective and not just an individual that needs to be coached within the organization. But so, what's happening within the organization? How is the system, how are the systems within the systems. organization impacting their productivity, their Client, engagement, their, their engagement, the, the customers, absolutely, and the, the employee minute, satisfaction, the whole nine yards. Yeah, absolutely. Because what I've noticed is the minute the client sees that you understand their challenges and you're talking that language, they're willing to receive. So if you just you know want to offer a service without actually linking it to their challenges and what would be the impact and the benefits, well then they just see it as a cost. Oh, right. okay. You know, I don't, it's, it's too expensive. Whereas right. when you link it with the challenge and that's how I've been educating my clients and creating these programs, uh, be it one-to-one, be it teams, be it coach training mm-hmm. to build the coach culture. And also even now with the executive coaching training, it's also building the mental coaching into the DNA of the organization, build internal capabilities. So it takes it to a much deeper level. Starts with listening. And and Absolutely. and asking and being curious about what's going on in that particular organization to be able to paint a picture of what coaching can do. We've got to understand, as you'd said, what's in it for them. What's how can we create a value proposition if we don't understand Absolutely. where their hurt is? And and you you actually the minute you started you know reflecting back, I remember a question I always get asked, oh, Leila, how do you sell these coaching programs to clients? And I always sell, I don't sell coaching programs. I actually understand my clients' needs and see how coaching fits in there. Mm -hmm. But you go back again to building relationships and really seeking to understand before you speak. So, so important. And whenever coaches come to me sort of tongue-tied about, marketing or building their value proposition. To me, it's, it's our coaching skills. It's using our coaching skills and really not being attached to whether they decide that they want coaching or not, because the more attached and wrapped up we are in that, the harder it is. I mean, that, that energy comes across, but Mm -hmm. genuine interest and desire to be of service 
feels very different than you've got to hire me, you've got to hire me. And I love what you're saying about being in service because, I mean, for me, my motto is I'm in service of my clients. Mm -hmm. What does my client need so that I can be in service of? And lots of these situations, sometimes it's you're having those conversations, but in that time, they're not leading to a coaching program. But sometime down the line, if there has been an employee survey, engagement survey, or, you know, performance appraisal cycle or a new strategy, then they will think, okay, you know what? Now is the time for us to have that coaching program. Right. Whereas if you come across as being desperate and wanting to sell, well, then right. that's a turnoff for organizations. Well, it's this turnoff for all of us. I mean, think for about, yeah, think about when somebody's trying to kind of push something on you and it feels very much about them instead of about your needs or your desires or, exactly. or where you want to get. It's the same thing. An organization is built out of people and people have Absolutely. feelings and, and impacts. So, so when and we people talk are buying those services, exactly buying those services. So we want to be able to connect authentically and connect in what, what is their need and then how can we potentially build something that meets that need or bring Absolutely. coaching in to be able to open that awareness, build those, build those cultures. And that's what we're going to talk about right now. Indeed. So when we think about organizations, I think I shared with you in our pre-interview that my motivation in leaving the therapy, uh, being a therapist to being a coach was wanting to be proactive about making, helping organizations become healthier because I felt like the unhealthiness of organizations was what was driving people to therapy. <laughs> and there's always going to be people in therapy. I mean, that's fine. It's a wonderful, very needed service. And I felt like there was just this need to help organizations work better with their people. And mm -hmm. so that was sort of my driving force. And, and we now know more and more and hear more and more about coaching cultures. So you work with organizations in that aspect of let me train your internal coaches. Let me mm -hmm. train your HR professionals or your yeah. leaders, whoever that is that you're training to help them create a culture within the organization. What, what first of all, is are you hearing as motivations from those organizations who reach out to you to do training for their internal coaches? What's their motivation for that? That's a great question, Megan. Uh, we're seeing in our region more and more, like currently as we speak, as I said to you, next Sunday, I'm delivering. Um, we're delivering a big coaching, executive coaching diploma, our program, to a big government organization in Abu Dhabi. The first time ever where they train so 30, 30 Emiratis to become executive coaches internally. So, so and that is such a, like our stakeholder calls it, it's a movement that we're launching in the Emirates of Abu Dhabi. Because imagine the magnitude of training 30 internal coaches who then go and they work for different entities. And then they will just go and coach people in that internal entity, like 30 of them. Yes. Like, how awesome is this? So we're seeing the need for organizations because, I, I, you know, for me, it's offering the one-to-one -one and the team coaching and the coaching training. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, you know, they start with, okay, we want an executive external coach, but now the need is more towards building internal capabilities. Um, so that they then create their own coaching culture in their own organizations. 
And, and that to me is beautiful to see that ripple effects yeah. of, you know, you're, it's kind of, you're injecting a coach in every organization. So imagine the magnitude of that impact. And so we're, I'm seeing, and the difference that we're, we're seeing, and I would say probably in the last two years, because we launched the Academy of Executive Coaching Middle East um, two years ago, because I'm a partner in the region. So it's a UK company and I'm a partner in the Middle East, covering the whole Middle East. And what we're seeing is these organizations, big organizations in the region are going out to global tenders. So they're looking for global coach training suppliers to oh. provide this. So it's, it's not just you get the project. It, these are global tenders and you have to go through the tendering process and, and we're seeing the need for building internal capabilities, not only that, but as you and I spoke in the pre-interview, the importance of accreditation and certification, because right. they're looking for the coach trainers to be minimum of PCC and MCC level, which then shows you that clients are now, they know what they're looking for. Right. They want for high standards. And that is awesome for our industry, isn't it? That's what we want. Absolutely. And that drive of large organizations, particularly governmental organizations, but other large organizations really looking for those credentialed coaches, being a part of a organization that has ethics and standards and accountability is huge. And for those coaches who wonder, well, do I want to go through a and be credentialed, mm -hmm. that I think is more and more of a trend. And I would just encourage all of you listening to think, is it important to me to mm -hmm. be able to say, I have ethical standards that I follow. I, I am part of an organization of a professional body that, mm -hmm. that, you know, that I have standards that I have to meet and that I've been trained and that I continue to do my continuing education training Absolutely. and those kinds of things. So mm -hmm. I think that that says something to organizations and, and I think it holds us accountable for our continued growth and development as coaches. Absolutely. Because as I always call it, you know, it's globally when you look at it and certainly in my region, it's still, as I said to you, it's, it's, you know, coaching is, you can't compare coaching in the Middle East to coaching in the US or in the UK. So because it, we're, we're still, you know, it's, it's still fairly new. We're talking right. about, you know, the last 10, we're talking about really the last 10, 15 years maximum. Like 10 years ago, we didn't have a Dubai chapter. That, that right. tells you. And what we're noticing is there are lots of cowboys. I call them cowboys because there are lots of people who just pretend to be coaches and see, you know, okay, so there's an opportunity for me to be in, call myself an executive coach because it pays more. I hear this a lot. Um, but organizations, and, and I tell you what I'm also noticing as a trend with the clients that I work with, I've noticed this trend about two years ago, which I never noticed before, is clients started naming and shaming executive coaches that work for them. So I've heard many times with my clients, oh, yeah, 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 because I asked whether you had coaching before. Right. And they go, yeah, yeah, we worked with so-and-so, but it wasn't a good experience. And they started naming the coaches. Wow. And I know many of these coaches, you know, in my region. And you go, the first time I heard it, I was really surprised. And I go, oh, wow. So the market is definitely changing because clients want to get quality, standards, ethical people who will be delivering right. that service that people pretend to deliver. 
So that goes back to what I, why I do what I do, which is training executive coaches to become ICF, EMCC, and Association of Coaching credentialed executive coaches and showing them the importance of mental coaching to get their ACC and PCC and also supervision. Because as you said, this is, this is our continuous development as coaches. Right. And also I always ask, would you go to a psychiatrist or a therapist that has no credentials or right. no experience no or no training, professional body? No specific no training? training. Yeah. Exactly. It's the same thing. Coaching mm-hmm. is a profession. So good. So when you're thinking about the way that organizations are looking at coaching and you are bringing a beautiful picture of what's happening in the Middle East because, because it's so exciting to me, this ripple of coaching throughout the world. When you understand from that, first of all, one of the things that I think is so exciting is that they're actually investing in their internal coaches, not just getting trained, but credentialed. And I, I've seen that happen in organizations here. I'm thrilled to hear it's happening in organizations it there as happening. well. It is indeed. And that makes it even much more interesting than just training internal coaches and leave. Because right. then, you know, the programs that I'm running at the moment, they are like 12 to 18 months journey because mm-hmm. there is the coach training and people have to pass that diploma. And then we start the mental coaching to get them up to speed to their ACC or PCC, which is wonderful because then it's not just, okay, we're training you and then deal with it. And not many people will go through certification unless they are guided. Well, it's difficult. Of course it is. And there, I do that for organizations here in the United States. And it is, it's a beautiful way to connect them back to their coaching over and over again, to connect them back to that training, to help bad habits not be formed. That's a, a double <laughs> negative, but, but to, to, to instill good behaviors and to keep them connected to those core competencies. It's so Indeed. key. Absolutely. Because our training is ICF certified. So we, we, we assess them against ICF competencies. Right. And then when it comes to their, okay, mentor coaching, and they also see that the organization is willing, because if you look at it from an organizational perspective, it's an amazing way to retain talent. It's an amazing way to engage talent so that they can perform at their best because they see that you are investing in my future and you're investing in me not only to get trained, but also to get certified. Right. And that to me is phenomenal. What else are you seeing as benefits for the organizations that you work in, in creating coaching cultures? What I'm also noticing is some of the organizations that I work with, um, you know, these are global, you know, they're, they're, they're rigid. These are global, like locally and, you know, locally and global. Right. Um, you, you see also that when they're investing in, in this coaching training to build internal coaches, they also have other programs like other leadership development programs as well that have an element of coaching. Mm-hmm. So the reason for building internal coaches as well is to create that coaching culture that these executive coaches can then go and coach these internal people attending other leadership programs. So it's not in isolation. Right. So these programs are working together and then they can coach high potential people. They can coach people, successors, people who are in succession planning, which is linked to organizational strategy. And also, you know, new graduates in the, in the Middle East, we have, especially government organizations, they hire graduates like locals that you need to train so that they become managers and senior managers. So 
these are all opportunities for internal coaches to be involved in building that internal internal coaching culture. Excellent. And what about these organizations using external coaches? Do you experience that they both have internal and they contract with some external coaches? Tell me a little bit about that. Yes, indeed. So the trends also that we notice in the region is is there is there's always a need for that external coaches. And that external coaches from the, you know, from the clients that I work with, because I'm an external executive coach that right. works with C-suite. So they, they may train people to become internal coaches, but they cap it to a certain level, career level. So they can give this, like, let's say from graduates to middle management level. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to executive and then C-suite, they prefer to hire an external coach because, you know, it's, it's, it's an objective. They don't know the business. And also it's to get different perspectives from an outsider. And, and, and I see this, this is the trend that it's great to have internal coaches, but there is always a need for external coaches but and, to, to that senior C-suite level. Right. And what are some of the things in your experience that organizations are looking for from the external coaches that they're willing to contract with? Definitely, who else did you work with? Uh-huh. <laughs> so again, you go back to your you know, um, client referrals and client recommendations industry, whether you worked with other clients in our industry. Because mm-hmm. obviously, in, you know, in the region, we've got all industries. Of course. So it's really about what, what other industry, um, ha- are you familiar with our industry? And also, what is your corporate experience? Mm-hmm. And also, what are your credentials? So, okay. and what results did you have with other, with other executives that you work with? Okay. So these are the kind of things that people, organizations look for. And I think that regardless, regardless of whether you're coaching in New York Absolutely. City or, you know, China or Dubai, those are things for you to think about when you are approaching an organization. Those are the kinds of things that they're going to want to know that Leila has laid out. Absolutely. So I would encourage all of you who are listening who might be thinking about how am I going to begin to engage with organizations? Well, what is the experience that you have that's transferable? Mm-hmm, how mm-hmm. can you potentially lay out your experience? And, and very truthfully, it might be building up throughout the organization. You know, not every organization has an internal coaching Absolutely. structure. So you might very well coach at the mid level or, mm-hmm. or to help with onboarding or there's, there's mm-hmm. many different opportunities, but build that experience and then maybe find where your sweet spot is. So Layla's sweet okay. spot is with C-suites. I've always said that, that I thought that was going to be where I really enjoyed coaching. And I just found that I really enjoy coaching mid to senior level executives because they're sandwiched. And I kind of like helping them <laughs> deal with what it's like to be, have to, you know, kind of coach up and coach down and, and use coaching within their leadership style. So see, I love what you're saying, Meg, because I love coaching graduates Uh and I love coaching C-suite and then you take over in the middle. So you and I compliment. (laughs) And then we compliment each other. (laughs) Layla and I make the full sandwich. Absolutely. Different layers. That's right. All the different layers there. Let's talk a little bit about the value of the brand that we create for ourselves. 
and the visibility that we then create with that. What's your experience with how maybe even your personal experience and how you became visible? That is what I train people on. So, you know, it's one of my favorite topics because what's the whole point in having all this if you're not visible? If you're training, if you're getting certified, if if you're not visible. So who knows you? So definitely it's about first building your brand and then to be visible. So these two to me work together hand in hand. So surely when I started, as I said, you know, signing to get the ICF chapter, that was an exposure because Mm -hmm. we were some peers from the same coaching school that we wanted. And then I started going to ICF events, which means I started becoming, you know, wanting to see who else is in, in this community. So definitely knowing who your business community is and where are they? Yeah. Um, so that you're visible in that. And when I talk about business community, especially, especially nowadays with COVID and virtual, you're in the States, I'm in, uh, I'm in Turkey, which means virtual. So some people like to work locally. I mean, I work locally, regionally, and globally, which means mm-hmm. my brand has three layers, which means my exposure and visibility is in these three different markets. But that's a conscious decision. So, which means you need the advice that I always, rec- you know, give to um, to new coaches is choose who a who do you want to be known for, and what do you want to be known for, and where do you want that to happen? There are some people who just want to be known in Dubai. Well, so be it. It's okay. But mm-hmm. because of my global experience and global exposure, for me, it's always been part of my umbrella. Mm-hmm. So, but unless. And what I see is lots of people are not even aware of their brand and what they're creating. Because once that reputation is out there, good or bad, it will haunt you. Right. So it will serve you or haunt you. Yeah. Haunt you. Exactly. So so it's a conscious decision of which which way are you going. And it's so easy to make that great impression, but it's so difficult to, if it's tarnished, to change people's perception. So Definitely, definitely be aware of your brand. Work with a coach to create your brand. I mean, certainly in my mentor coaching and coaching, I help lots of new coaches that I train to actually mm-hmm. build their, what is my brand? What is my niche? Mm-hmm. And also, how can I become visible? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, and definitely visibility through social media. Mm-hmm. So hire someone for social media or, you know, otherwise it, it takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So unless you have that time, you may want to hire a specialist that will know because social media is definitely not my field. So I've got a team that looks after social media. Right. And so, so it's really, but that raises your visibility depending on which market you want, but that's paramount, I would say. Good. So regardless, and, and that for all of you who are maybe not even looking to work in an organization, but you're a coach and you want to be known for your particular specialty, It's about getting that clarity. It's about building that brand of who you work with, what you do, the results that you get, and then how do you create visibility around that? How do you let, and and part of it might be, you know, get on a podcast and talk about it or get out to social media, get in front of when we're back to being able to get together and speak, (laughs) you know, do lunch and learns and those kinds of things to really get your message out there. And also, if you look at our coaching body, you know, the ICF coaching body, there's the, um, the International Coaching Week in May. 
Yeah. So also raise your visibility through that week, you know, by doing either pro bono coaching or being part of your chapter so that that's another way for you to raise, attend conferences related yeah. to coaching, be it local, regional, that, that all, all these right articles. So there's so many ways in how you can be visible as long as you have the right strategy. Right. That so works good. for you. That works for you. For you. And we could do a whole show just on that, but I just wanted to touch <laughs> on that to be able to get a feel for what you're doing, as you said, locally, regionally, and globally. So, Layla, what have we not touched on when we're talking about getting coaching into organizations, helping organizations really learn about and utilize coaching to the best of their ability? I know that we could probably talk for days about this, but any <laughs> completing thoughts that, that you want to add to what we've talked about? I think the only, other, I think we, we, we spoke about so much. And as you said, we can speak for days. I think the other very important thing that I don't think we touched upon is be authentic because it's about who you are. And clients are not stupid. Clients are not dumb. So clients know when you're trying to sell them something that they may not need or you're trying to overdo it or, or overselling. So because clients are buying you because of who you are, they're buying your services because of you. So what I would highly recommend our listeners is work on yourself and know more about who you are as, as an individual before you start selling those. And that's where, you know, I love our programs and our participants love our programs because it touches upon who are you and how do you coach? Because it starts, and, and that's what I always recommend people, invest more on knowing who you are because then the people, it's easier than to build relationships because of who you are. Mm-hmm. So, and be true to that. I see lots of people who want to copy other people or, you know, oh yeah, yeah, she's doing this. I want to do the same well, the same might not be applicable because we're not the same people. Right. So just be authentic and be true to who you are. I would so say. good. So good. If people want to learn more about you, how should they connect with you? So the best way to connect with me is through LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. It's a platform that I love, you know, I love being in. It's a, so definitely LinkedIn or just drop me an email at Leila, L-E-I-L-A at compassconsultancy.com, compass with K. So that's, that's the best way to reach me. Excellent. And I'd love to hear from our listeners. The other thing that I also um, should have mentioned is I'm multilingual. So I do coach in different languages. So wherever our listeners are from, I coach in Arabic, English, and French. So be my guest. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking time to be with me today and for sharing such great information with our audience. Thank you very much, Meg, for having me. It's been such a delightful moment. Thank you. Coaching truly does have global impact. And when we, as a profession of coaches, can stay in touch with one another and learn the impact of coaching in every piece of the globe, we can better understand how to continue to build our impact and and create the value that coaching conversations can have. So I want to thank Leila Rezagea 
for bringing her expertise forward, having this rich discussion about what's happening in the Middle East with coaching and how she is engaged with organizations to create coaching cultures. If you'd like to know more about Layla and about her coach school and the other things that she does, we have all the links to connect with Layla at starcoachshow.com episode 203. I invite you to join us again next week, where I am pleased as punch to welcome Krista Grasso to the show. Krista and I are going to talk about how to build a sustainable, agile small business and the kind of focus and clarity you need to have to be successful in the way that you can have that prosperity and that sustainability. So come back next week and I will introduce you to Krista. I do invite you to join me every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern on the Star Coach Show Facebook page where we have a little chat about coaching every Wednesday morning. I answer your questions, inspire you, and encourage you to get out there and bring your coaching to the world. If you're enjoying the show, a rate and review wherever you listen to this podcast would be greatly appreciated and help more listeners find us. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching, for your health and well-being, for your connection with others. Have an awesome week.